Grace, mercy, and peace to you, beloved, from God our Father and our coming Lord and Savior, even Jesus Christ. Amen. I mentioned it last week, I'll say it again, Advent, the word Advent means coming. And that means the season of Advent is focused on the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because of that, that makes Advent, the season of Advent, a season of preparation. Preparation. And there's no better way to prepare for the coming of Jesus, to prepare to meet Jesus, than repentance. Advent is like Lent in this. Advent is a season of repentance. So repent, dear Christian. John the Baptist has repentance and prepared written all over him. That's why John was sent. That's why John came. And notice, when the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew to pen the words that we heard earlier, Matthew did not stress John's baptism. He did not highlight that for which John became famous for, by which John got his nickname, the Baptist. No, rather, Matthew stressed his preaching, his preaching. You heard what he preached. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Matthew, again, was inspired to highlight Matthew's significance, Matthew's message, by tying him and his appearance to the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. This is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Now, unfortunately, we don't understand what Isaiah was talking about, about prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. The ancient people would have. The ancient world had few, if any, roads. It's true that when Matthew wrote his gospel account, there were a few paved Roman roads around the Mediterranean world, like the famous Appian Way. The Appian Way went up and down the countryside of Italy. But for the most part, the people of that world long ago, they went to and fro on paths, on trails, much like you and I would do leisurely as we go on a hike. The people of the past would be amazed by our roads, our highways, our freeways that we take without really thinking about it. They'd even think that the roads of Atchison, as bumpy as they are, were great. They didn't have anything like that in the ancient world. And while that might do for commoners... That wouldn't do when a very important person came for a visit. 
And so when a king would come for a visit, a servant would go out ahead of him, and he would announce the coming of the king so that the people would make ready his way, make ready for his arrival. The way to that place would be made smooth, would be made level, would be made as straight as possible. Obstacles would be removed. The people would want their royal visitor to have as comfortable a journey as possible so that he would arrive in as favorable a mood as possible. And in this way the king would see whether the people were honoring him and his arrival or whether they were not. Now, folks, I'm sure you do the same thing when someone special comes to visit your home, right? If you have advance warning, if you know your guest is coming, what do you do? You get your house ready. You tidy up. You put things away. Basically, you prepare. In the Reed House, everyone gets in the act. Well, just us three. Everyone gets in the act. And in this way, we show honor for our guests. And folks, if we do that for ordinary people, shouldn't we do that for him who is king of kings and lord of lords? Of course we should. We would be foolish to do otherwise. Now, John the Baptist was sent by the Lord to prepare his way. And he prepared his way, not for his birth, but for the reason he was born. So John went out to prepare the people for the beginning of our Lord's three-year public ministry. And so before Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan, and before Jesus took up his public ministry, John went out ahead of him, preaching and preparing the people to meet their coming Lord. And look, look at what the word the Lord gave John preached did. It worked, despite John's strange choice in clothing and despite his even stranger choice in food, look at how the people welcomed John in his preaching in a wonderful, marvelous way. Pull out your bulletins. Look at that in verse 5 and 6. 5 and 6. There Matthew wrote, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, John, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And so when John went out to preach, tons of people responded in a very positive, pos positive way. Tons of people, they set aside the busyness of life to go out to the wilderness and to hear John. 
Let me underscore that again. The wilderness. We're not talking about people stepping across the street, going down the block, walking across town, going to a neighboring village. We're talking wilderness. Wilderness. These people would have walked miles and miles to the place where John preached. And the people left behind all the demands and the distractions of life. Now please, as we hear this and think about this, let's not think of these people overly simplistically or unrealistically. True, we tend to do that when we think about the people of the past. Even when we think about people in their other lives, like in other parts of the world, we tend to think that the lives of other people are, were, very simple, very easy, with few, if any, demands or distractions. That's thinking overly simplistically and unrealistically. No, my friends, these were real people. These real people lived real lives, and they had real demands and distractions in their lives, just as we do. And I would argue about their demands. They had even more demands than we do. They, don't, they didn't have all the conveniences that we have in our lives. Electricity, refrigerators, and so on and so forth. All these modern conveniences that make the demands of life on us so much easier. Still, these people set these things behind. These people went out into the wilderness. Why? To hear John preach. And the message that they heard, the message that John delivered to them and preached, was rather simple, was rather direct, and to the point. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, admittedly, I'm sure that John had more to add to his sermon than just those words. But this is what the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew to put down on paper in his gospel. And so this morning, that's all we need to know from Matthew's gospel about what he preached. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when John preached repent, he was using that word in a different way than we use it often when we hear it or when we speak it. What do we mean by repent when we typically hear or speak it? We typically mean we are to see our sins. Recognize that by our sins, we have angered God. We do not deserve his favor. We deserve his punishment. And by repentance, we also mean that we are to change. We are to turn from doing that which we know is bad and wrong to doing those things that are good and right. And if you think this way about repent, you are right because the Bible speaks about repent in this way. But John used the word repent in a different way. 
John used repent as a synonym for faith, a synonym for believe. And that's what the Bible shows repent is too. Jesus also used repent in this way from time to time. For example, twice in in Luke chapter 13, Jesus said, Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Perish. You and I know that the Bible teaches us that there is more that is necessary to save us from perishing than just seeing our sins, recognizing our sins, knowing that by our sins we deserve not God's favor, but his punishment, and recognizing that we are to turn from sins, that which is wrong and bad, to that which is good and right. Here, this word repentance, being saved from perishing, means we believe. We have faith. Of course, a belief and faith that also recognizes sins and all of that, what I already said, but also a belief and a faith that looks to Jesus, the coming one who suffered and died for sins so that we would have forgiveness of sins. And so without repentance, you will perish. Without repentance, you are not ready to meet the Lord, you are not prepared to greet the King of Heaven. And that's what John preached. The Kingdom of Heaven is at hand. Now you've been following me, but follow me on this as well. The Kingdom of Heaven. The Kingdom of Heaven is at hand. It is there wherever the King of Heaven is found. Jesus is the King of Heaven. So wherever Jesus is, the Kingdom of Heaven is at hand. It is right there. When John the Baptist preached his sermon, Repent, for the Kingdom of Heaven is at hand, Jesus was there. The King of Heaven was there, standing among the crowds, unnoticed by the crowds. And soon in our church year, we are going to remember how Jesus was standing there. He would walk up to John. He would be baptized with John in the River, river Jordan. Jesus would walk into the, that water made polluted by sin as the people washed away their sins, and he would be baptized. He would take upon himself those sins and he would carry those sins in his body to the cross to atone for sins. And so the word that John preached, the word the people heard and believed, that word made the people ready, prepared to meet their coming Lord, the King of heaven. The word preached and the word heard. The word believed made the Lord's way, the King of heaven's way, straight into the hearts of the people. Jesus would come to these people not with anger, not with judgment, not with wrath, but with grace, with mercy, and with forgiveness. And today, 
That same message is preached, and it continues to be preached. So people might hear that message, believe that message, and like the people long ago, that they would be made ready to meet the Lord. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the way that the people responded long ago to the preaching of John and the Word, it teaches us how we should respond. That we should also set aside the many demands and distractions of life, the busyness of life. That the Word might make us a people prepared and ready to meet the coming Lord of heaven. True, in our days, we need not make a journey out into the wilderness. The wilderness. But think about how many people think of coming to church, being here in church, as if it's a wilderness. Sadly, for many, going to church is un as unattractive, and they don't want to do it because it's, for them it's like taking a long hike walking miles and miles on foot. Many don't bother to take the time or invest the effort to go across the street, down the block, across town, maybe to a neighboring town, that they might hear the preaching and the Word of God. Honor and prepare for the coming of the Lord through repentance. How tragic. But we are here. Thanks be to God that we are here, but let's not pat ourselves on the back that we are here. Yes, it's good that we are here. It is right that we are here. But just like the people who went out to see John long ago, we have set aside much of the busyness of life to be here. Notice I said much of the busyness of life, not all of the busyness of life. In our days, we carry many of the demands and many of the distractions of life with us into church, in our pocket, in our purse. Smartphones, technology. I'm sure Satan loves smartphones and technology. I'm sure Satan grins ear to ear when during a worship service, during a sermon, as the Bible is read, as we sing, as we pray, that we pull out these smart devices, checking our email, scrolling Facebook, doing a Twitter, whatever that is, or whatever else these things do. That's not spiritually smart. If it's dangerous for us to do that while we are driving... How much more dangerous is that when we come into church, in this place, coming into the presence of him who is king of heaven? Yes, we know. Yes, I know. Jesus forgives. Jesus is forgiving. Jesus came, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was baptized with by John. Jesus entered Jerusalem that he might suffer and die for sins. Atone for sins so that we might have the forgiveness of sins. Yes, all of that is true. 
But Satan is smart. Satan is sly. Satan works to separate forgiveness of sins from repentance. To separate repentance from confession. To separate confession from turning from sins. Turning toward our Lord, the King of heaven, and doing that which is good, right, and proper. And what is good, right, and proper when we come into this place? It is to hear and honor preaching and the Word of God. That is repentance. So see your sins. See the things that distract you from that which is most important. Confess your sins. Receive the forgiveness of sins that the King of Heaven bestows. That's the proper way to be prepared. That's the proper way to honor our Lord, making a straight way for him into our hearts, for he is the King of Heaven. Because, dear Christian, our text teaches us something else. That word preached is packed with power, but that word preached can be resisted resisted. And Matthew described that in our text for today. If you have your bulletins out, look again. Verses 7 through 10. But when he, John, saw the many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now, the axe is laid at the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. These Sadducees and Pharisees also made that journey, walked many miles out into the wilderness like the other people. But they weren't there that they might be prepared to meet the Lord, prepared by the preaching of the word that the Lord gave to John. They weren't there to repent. They weren't there to confess their sins. And so John confronted their hypocrisy. And John wasn't being mean when he confronted them and used the words as we heard in our text today. John was showing great love. John was showing them great kindness and John was fulfilling the task that the Lord had given him to do. So to you parents, like preachers, like other good friends, as they speak a word of warning. It's not being unloving. It's not being unkind. We are to speak. We're not to keep silent about the things that will hurt people in time and throughout all eternity. The Pharisees and Sadducees show us that we can make this journey to church with the wrong reasons. Of course, we're happy when anyone and everyone who comes into this place. But why are we here? 
We are here to hear and honor preaching and the Word of God. That the Word works repentance in our lives. That the Word would make us ready, a people prepared to meet the coming of the Lord and to stand before the King of Heaven. As John said, He who is coming after me is mightier than I. Next week we will hear Jesus praise John for how great John is, for his person and his ministry in preparing the way for his coming. But as great as John was, as great as he is in fulfilling prophecy and preaching the word, John did not consider himself worthy of the most menial task imaginable, carrying the sandals of his Lord. And we aren't either. But Jesus came to do what he came to do. Not just to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The King of Heaven, the Lord himself, would assume our sins, carrying them to the cross, that we might enjoy his favor, the forgiveness of sins, being right with the Lord, having a good relationship with the Lord. Advent means coming. And Advent concerns the coming of our Savior. And that makes, that means Advent is a season of preparation. Of course, now we are preparing. You can see around us, we're preparing for our celebration of Jesus' birth, Christmas. But right now, as the word is preached, as the word is heard, as the word is believed, the Lord is making us a people prepared to meet him who is the king of heaven. If we're prepared now to greet him as he comes to us in this place, as we receive his body and blood, prepared to meet him on the day he comes again. So today and always, may we honor the Lord by the, such a pre preparation, by hearing by believing, by welcoming the word preached and responding with genuine repentance. In Jesus' name, amen.